Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Your every other week, T-Box dysfunction is back alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. Thanks for hitting us up on social media at Maddie and Caddy. M-A-T-T-Y, the word and C-I-D-D-I-E. That is both the Instagram and the Twitter. We always encourage feedback on the podcast. We'll go back and forth with you. We'll have fun. So please hit us up there. And we come to you again on a week after oh. that I, you know, the more this happens, the more right I am every time what? it happens. What? Tiger Woods, right. a winner on <laughs> tour again. What? Wait, wait, wait. Number 82. The more right you are. The ties what? the great Sam Sneed <laughs> for most wins in history. We need to talk about that, too. And he goes over to Japan in the Zozo and Shut knocks out. out a field of stars. And all this leads me to believe, Caddy, is that maybe Tiger should have had his knee done after the Masters. Back up. First off, more right. I seem to remember one of us saying after the Masters win, he's good. Like, he ain't winning no more. He just going to be on, like, a waving, say hi, kissing babies tour. I didn't say that's what he was going to do. I said that if that was it, he was good. I didn't say that's how he was going to approach it. I said in his mind, he did what he wanted to do. He got another major. Oh. Now you're misquoting me. Now I'm right twice. <laughs> See, nah, we're going to have to go back and but Find look, tape. but here's the beautiful thing. I'm shocked. I'm literally, I'm legitimately shocked by this one. Are you shocked because of how good he looked, and it was because of the knee clean out, or are you more shocked that it was like, oh, so all he had to do was go get the knee cleaned out, and he would have been all right? No, like, I'm I'm more shocked because he started his first round with three bogeys, one, yeah, and then he went on birdie nine of the last fifteen. But two, I'm shocked because this was his first start, and he won his first start. Like, think about the think about the last time we saw him, and then now, yeah, the fact that he did that after a surgery in his first start, which we both know tends to be when he's as as rusty as he's going to be, yeah, to come out and do that against a field that had some big guns, and I thought it was stunning. Here's what was crazy: is he got in some really good undercover practice that nobody knew about before he left to go there. And so no one knew until after the fact that like he looked really good and really healthy. He wasn't necessarily hitting it the straightest, but he never does. But he like he was hitting it far again and was swinging smooth and was walking without a gate, which that's we always know something's not right, and he always says like, "No, I'm good." Like, well, you ain't walking like you're good. I'm fine. I'm just a little stiff. It's gonna be part. This was just like, go get the knee cleaned out. Oh, now I can crouch down to read. I like when he was like, "I can crouch down now when I read putts." So really, that six inches made all the difference in the world. Like I couldn't read putts if I was six inches higher. Like, all right, which it sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous, but. Seeing him, I mean, not if that's his process, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, well, you know what? Instead of crouching down, you can lean. You know, what I mean? you you actually can bend at the waist 
We are built to do that, and your back surgery doesn't prevent you from doing that. That being said, the walking part of it and then loading and unloading on that knee itself, we we know what a problem that can be. So the fact that it was like, I guess for him, it's like going to Jiffy Lube. You know, every 3,000 miles, he just got to go get a clean out. Well, remember, we had talked about that when I had said that I wasn't too concerned about what the procedure was because I think it legitimately was a clean out and just an exploratory surgery to make sure everything it's in the knee go. was was holding up. And, yep. you know, with him, it's always going to be about physical maintenance because he's gone through so much physically and – if that legitimately, and again, we always, we're wrong, we're not wrong to be a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, where we don't really believe Tiger a lot when it comes to his physical health. Right. It's okay for us to doubt what he's telling us because we've seen it before. Right, because he hasn't said things to make what he says about his health trust him. Right, and if this he's was legit. not leg- trustworthy when, he's, when he says, you know, I'm good, no you're not. If this was legitimately the what was holding him back towards the end of last year, Oof. and this was the finished product of that, you know, we obviously don't know what his schedule looks like yet because it's way too early in the season. Well, we know he's started, playing but- hero, and we know he's playing President's Cup. I was I was actually happy that he didn't stay and play WGC so in China, even though he's number six in the world and was easily qualified for. Well, and that's what I'm saying. If if this was what held him back at the end of last year, and that's all he needed to get fixed. And I hope his schedule reflects someone who's going to be playing good golf and can stay healthy. Because here you are, the PGA. By the way, if I—I I mean, I am into conspiracy theories. I think they're great. But the first ever PGA Tour event in Japan just happens to have Tiger Woods win it. They just got a gift. And Hideki was number two and in, in the mix coming down the stretch. Yeah, like so, the hometown boy it has a chance to win. Can't do it, and who wins? Tiger Woods. I did. You know it's not. Here's where I was part of, you know me, I'm into conspiracy theory stuff too, but I know in this case it's not the case. Like there was no funny business because three of the executives, I couldn't understand a word that they were saying on the green afterwards until they all turned and said, oh, come back next year, Tiger. And they all said that in English, just like I just said it. And Tiger just smirked and was like nodding his head, smiling and stuff. Cause it's like they now, like, now that you're the champ, please come back and defend. Like, please. Because they know without Tiger in the mix, the ratings would have probably been like 0.03, you know? Cause right. it was on it. 9.30 at night. It was two o'clock in the morning when it went live the first couple rounds. And the fact that it finished on a Sunday. You know, it, it came on at 5.30, 6.30 at night, like right as football was transitioning into the late game. And for him to win like that, it was cra- – I mean, everybody was talking about it. I was at an event on a Sunday night, and everyone there was talking and asking about it, looking at their phones. It was nuts I how st- into it people was. Yeah, and I still don't believe people understand what happened. I still believe people don't think that that was an actual PGA event. You're You're exactly right. People don't. Think People about if that. That's the think if that's about, a Quail Hollow, right? Oh, or just a, or or a tournament here in the states at a major yeah, course, whatever. But the fact that Heck, it was over there, over, in the forget third, even here in the United States. Imagine if that would have been in Bermuda, where they're playing the the uh, 
the event I keep I always forget the word that they use, not mirror, but um opposite field. It's where the opposite field event yeah. is this week. Have you seen the the list of guys playing in Bermuda on a PGA tour event? Guy Burroughs is playing. Oh, Carlos sounds, Franco is playing. Yeah, it sounds like Fred my, Funk is playing. Sounds like my theory that the uh, early s- season schedule isn't worth it because of what you it just is, said. But either way, there's um, 300 points given out. This is why I will I will say this. Wait, you're you're getting off our Tiger talk. I know, you're, but I want to say this about right, Bermuda. Right. About Bermuda, I want to say this. This is Cinderella's chance. So for all those people that bitch and complain, like, how are they going to give Tony Romo a spot in the Safeway Open? You're taking a spot away. No, you're not. Shut up. And here's the deal. Carlos Franco, Guy Burroughs, Fred Funk, Davis Love III. Like, if you ain't good enough to get in this field, you just ain't a good golfer. Sorry. Stay home. Like, you're a mini-tour guy. Sorry. You, then you, you just ain't good enough. So don't bitch. That's it. You get with your Bermuda portion of the program? I'm good with my right, Bermuda. Now you. for Back the Tiger, Tiger stuff. Back to Tiger. 82 wasn't a big deal for me, making like, oh, he tied Sam Snead. Not really. Why? Because how many of Tiger's wins were team events, three-man, like none of them. None of the events that Tiger played, they were, he was all, other than the match play stuff, which still, I don't rank all 82 of Sam Snead's wins as high as I rank all 82 of Tiger Woods' wins. So, And I understand Snead had a bunch taken away from him and then some given back, and there was a big contention between Snead and the, and the PGA Tour about all you know what should have counted and what shouldn't have counted as a win. But it's like if you really hold record against record – it's not even close. Let me ask you this. It's not even close. So let's just say Tiger gets 83 wins and remains on the 15 majors. Uh, I don't believe that's going to happen. What do you mean? Which which part? I say when Tiger shuts it down, when it's all said and done, yep. he got 90 wins. 90? So I say he's winning eight more times in the next – But the caveat This is coming from a guy wait. who didn't think – I know, I know, but at, right, so, I'm, I'm putting the asterisk there because I always have to because it's Tiger. I talked about him being truthful about injury. If Tiger can stay at the health that he's at right now, right now, he'll win eight more times in the next six years. And how many of those are major? December. Well, that's the question, and here's where people are going to freak out because I'm going to say two. Well, that's still remarkable. That puts him at 17. So he finishes at 17, one behind Jack, and he finishes with 90 wins. Yeah, which is... Which, here's the perspective of that one. Phil Mickelson right now, playing on tour, is number two currently with the also most amount of wins. 44. I know. And who's behind him? Dustin Johnson with twenty. See, that's why, and that was, like... where, I was, that's where I was going with my next comment. I think the... The 82-83 wins is as impressive, if not more, than the majors. If I were him, I would lean all into the 80-plus wins if he stays at 15. I think it's more impressive. I just do. I don't know that it's more impressive. You, but you, the here's list why it's you not just, more impressive. The here's list why you just not. gave drives yeah, but that home. Here, here's, here's why it's not. And, and this is what I lean on is – 
you ask any professional golfer to just, A, you get to win one tournament, what's it going to be? I don't know one guy that doesn't name a major, whether it be the Masters, the U.S. Open, or the Open Championship. Yeah, but Michael. Not one. No not kidding. One. And if one you full- ask a guy, hold on, if you ask a guy who has four regular tour wins, regular tour wins or European tour wins, and you ask him, would you trade those four for one major? I don't know a guy who says no. Yeah, but look at the kind of quality of player you're talking about here. I, I understand that, but I'm I agree with you, you on not that. One guy, not one guy would not trade four regular wins in for a major. But I, I agree. Because if you're a guy that's so only got one that much four, if you're the guy that's only capable of winning four tournaments, well, yeah, you'd want to capitalize on the major. <laughs> you're talking, you're talking about the Mike Weirs of the world, you know, like, of yeah, course they I'm... want to win that. I'm talking like Jack won 73 times. Tigers got him beat by 11. And so if he keeps that going, like that is so at two, fifteen majors is yes, that's second best all time and brilliant. Eighty two wins is just dominant. That's I I completely agree with that. And the I heard a great analogy where Rich Lerner, my boy, said if you were comparing this to a baseball stat, it's like Tigers batting four hundred. Yes. Right, like he's Ted Williams, when it co- like his winning percentage is ridiculous, and that's I mean it's going to go down as he gets older, but still, that is just that that's. So where do you believe everyone knows how we both feel about Nicholas? Right, like I got plenty of room in my pasture for two Billy Goats, because that's what these these two dudes are Billy Goats. I don't I don't think that it's fair or necessary to try and compare them because of the eras that they played in. That's right. Completely different. But I also agree that when Jack Nicholas says Tiger's competition was much deeper than mine, that's Jack saying, like, this dude would have dominated in my era too in a nice way. And Jack is also honest enough to just say no one wants to see their records get broke. So he's honest enough to at least say, look, I don't want Tiger to get 18. I don't want him to tie me. I want him to finish at 17 because I want my name to stay there forever, which if it, it will regardless. But I don't think that 18 majors trumps what Tiger has done. No, 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 no. I agree. I think Tiger, you know, when it comes down to it, who got the biggest horns in the goat pasture is Tiger. It's Tiger. I mean, the dominance that he went on, if you just look at his dominance in the late or the early 2000s and what he was able to do in that stretch run that he went on, and, you know, I I would agree. I I think he's got at least, I think he's got another Masters in him. I think he's done at U.S. Opens, um, and I think he can get a PGA or an Open Championship, but. When you I look at, I'm also, yeah, I am. This can open up a whole other conversation on the podcast, which I'm glad because this is our forum to do so. I'm a big era snob. I just am. Like I'm the guy that openly doesn't take into account what yesteryear did relative to the last 25 years. For instance, I just throw in. The preeminent power hitter in baseball today, back in Babe Ruth's era, 
and they are the Babe Ruth. Put Bill Russell into the era with Shaq and Akeem and Patrick Ewing, and I don't think he's doing what he did. Like I'm just one of those guys that thinks... I agree. Athletes now are bigger, faster, and stronger than they've ever been, Mm -hmm. so I'm one that takes current milestones a little more seriously than back in the day. I don't I wouldn't use the term I take them more seriously. I would say I current milestones have more weight. Like I just don't think Babe did. Ruth is going up against this Nationals or Astros pitching staff and having the same impact he does now. He did then. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, you I think, think someone, about someone someone like Babe Ruth you know who I would uh, I would say would have no chance in the league now? Ty Cobb. Like, if we're going to go back era, era, Ty Cobb would have been thrown out of the MLB. Oh, 100%. But, within his second season, he would have gotten kicked think out. Think about the dominant staffs and the specialty pitchers and everything you see nowadays. Yeah, I don't but think, I but think they, somebody they, like Babe Ruth, who's a, who's a hitter like he was, I think a guy like that figures it out. Let's let's go with a guy that we know well and Brian Urlacher. That okay. dude would have been an offensive lineman back in the day. Nah. Like some of these other stats. Look at the average size of the offensive lineman back in the 50s and 60s. Well, that's the thing, though. Urlacher, Urlacher as a middle linebacker, if you would have put him in the era in the 60s, if you would have put him in the era that Ditka played, like he would have been a Hall of Famer in two. He'd have been like Gail Sayers. He'd have been a Hall look, of Famer in two years. Ditka transcends. Um, Butkus transcends. Jim Brown transcends. Yeah, like there Gale were some. Sayers. Yeah, there were some dudes in the the older area that I, era that I think that would have been dominant no matter what. But to take this back to Tiger, but like if you put Barry Sanders back then, like no one they would have been like, hey, he has to wear a weight belt. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. They like, made him wear 20 extra pounds if you threw, to slow him down, which for Tiger, they would have been like. But see, if you took Nicholas and you gave Nicholas this in equipment? his prime all that equipment. No question. And that where this is another thing where Tiger doesn't get enough credit for. When Tiger started playing, he was playing with the equipment that Nicholas was playing with. That's right. He was the one who had to transition and he's the one that's going through all the changes that golf has seen from the late 80s into now. Dude, he's the reason they created the equipment. With one how he, with how he as far as he was hitting it, he was the reason of the, the term tiger proofing courses. These other players had to come up with some way to stay even with him in his prime. Yeah, I never did the, hear anyone say they Nicholas proofed the course. No. And, like, Jack knows we love him. I love him to death. I, I, I've never heard that term. It's it's incredible. I mean, I you yeah. know, I I looked at this, it's, it's, and I don't – I'm angry because you know how big of a Tiger fan both of us are, but how I am. And there just – there was much ado about nothing, even on the broadcast. It's kind of like, hey, Tiger Woods, 82, congratulations, sport. No, you know what, though? That's the fault of – being a worldwide tour now, I know, and finishing at a place at I know. two o'clock in the morning. That's what I'm saying. Like it just no didn't. one, and and you didn't see. A, this is another tour thing of we're going to finish the season so we don't have to compete with football. And guess what? This tournament did because you started a season 
competing with football. And now so Tiger again, Woods wins then, an event against all four major sports. The one, the weekend that he wins number 82 is the sports equinox. So you again make my point for me that they shouldn't start the season until January. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what it sounds like to me. That's that? No, that's not what I'm saying. What are you what saying? What I'm saying is the reason that you're mad, here's why. Does that mean that they shouldn't do it? No. Yep. It No, it doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. You still have to do it. You still have to give. Listen, Zozo did not have to take this tournament. Can I they ask you a question? They did not have to take the date because guess what? You know what the rest of the world cares about? the M- Well, not the NBA. You know what the rest of the world cares about? The NFL, college football, and baseball? The World Series. None of them. None of them care. Who doesn't care? No one in Japan, Korea, Australia. Oh, well, first of all, you're wrong there about the NBA. They love the NBA I just said I just said not the NBA. Although, apparently now, you know, China's still upset. I'm not getting into that one. I know we're not going there, but I'm just saying they're still upset. But that's the number two market. But so... Taking out the NBA, because that is also a worldwide league. College football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and throw in hockey too, because I know they ain't playing that down in Australia. I don't think if they are, there's four people playing. But <laughs> so no one else cares about them sports. I hate to no break one. it to you. You know what this was, though? This is a PGA Tour event. Where's the PGA Tour headquartered? It doesn't matter. It's, this a, was our, it's like the LPGA Tour. This was you our know what? tour. This is why I love Mike Wan. Mike Wan from the LPGA Tour. You know what he said? What? Hey, we're worldwide. Get over it. Okay, so then why is so there the European Tour? So you in the tour? United States, All you right. might think you're important. You might think you're the number one thing. Yeah, nah. Nah. You know what? We get just as many people. The ratings, I'm sure, in in like South Korea and the ratings in Japan were probably through the roof ridiculous worldwide i'm sure they were because guess what golf was competing with over there nothing soccer yeah but what's your point my point is for you to say don't play these events and cancel the pga tour season don't have them play is only thinking in your own bubble not cancel the season cancel don't play events don't play PGA Tour events during the football season. That's right. It's like once the once the tour championship is over, don't come back. Shut again it down until January. But then January, you're going against football too. You're going, and you're going towards and hockey. You're going towards you, the playoffs. You could do the Hawaii run. Even worse. You but no. Jim Furyk came off of the course and was like, when we last time I was in Maui, Furyk walks off of the course and goes, "Nobody tell me the Pittsburgh game." See, because I'm I'm recording. Even the it players and I'm going know. To his house. Even the players but, know. But guess what? They're still playing golf, though. It's not Furyk didn't have to go. He could have stayed home and watched football too, but he chose not to. Like I'm he just went saying, to work. the greatest athlete this sport has ever seen just tied a record, and it was like, oh, looky there. But what did but Aaron Rodgers and Kansas City way. do? But he also tied a record that we agree is like, meh, is it really, really? like 82 wins, 82 wins, 82 wins. Correct. That's But so 80 wins was stupid. It was stupid when he got to 80. It was stupid when he got to 81. And I'm not, there's no chance you're going to compare, you know, no one's going to say, well, you know, Tiger never got to Sneed, so, you know, Sneed. 
<laughs> exactly. See, you laughed just at the thought of that. Because he's like, you might as well call him Smeed. All right, Smeed. Like, yeah. No chance. None whatsoever. So it's like, yeah, 82 was a cute number. You know, but if you dig deep into those, that well, there's nothing like, cute eh. about 82. Look at the guys he's passed. I mean, it's still a remarkable That's, when you think about Jack and you yeah. put it in perspective with Phil Mickelson. So, still a remarkable number. And coming up next, uh, Caddy and I need to talk about something that's happening this weekend. We want you to be a part of it as the patrons. But first, growing a business is hard, especially when you're wasting hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets to your CRM or to wherever. Should that kind of stuff just happen without you lifting a finger? Zapier can help. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all of your business software and handles work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. No more wasting time on tasks that you know could be automated because that's exactly what Zapier was built to do. Just go to our special link, Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash Maddie. Connect the apps you use most and let Zapier take it from there. Right now... Through November, try Zapier by for free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash Maddie. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash Maddie for your free 14-day trial. Zapier.com slash Maddie. Hi, welcome back to a little Maddie and the Caddy, the week that Tiger wins. There's the world match player, the WGC. They're over there in China playing golf again this week. But over Not match s- play. I'm sorry. Right. HSBC. Yeah, HSBC. You got it. Thank you. Uh, stateside, though, we have perhaps the biggest golf event taking place on November 3rd. Yes. And Set your DVRs, people. Your, yours the truly, juice. Maddie and the Caddy yep. on ESPN2, are proud to present the PGA Junior League National Championship brought to you by National Car Rental. And it is... Everything, everything that people talk about with growing the game, I am giving so much mad props to the PGA of America for doing it. This, I think Team Georgia had five boys and five girls. Not because they were trying to be PC, even wonderful to see. They did it because that's who qualified for the team. Dude, the girls were better. They were phenomenal. Quick. Absolutely. Every every kid that was over there was – it was just – it was so heartwarming for me that when I hear some idiot is like, you know, golf is losing a lot of people. It'd be like, shut up. No, it's not. You're saying that and you're looking at a computer screen. You know where you're not saying that? When you're out on the golf course or at an event like this. Because when you see the amount of kids – that were out there was 10 states, or sorry, 12 states, 10 kids per state. And it was nuts. It was There were all kinds of regional stuff that happened for these kids to come in here. And trust me when I tell you, when you watch this format, you're going to go, wow, that's genius. Yep, it is. ESPN 2, 3 p.m. Eastern Sunday. Now I understand the hypocrisy with which I'm asking you to watch golf on an NFL Sunday, knowing where I stand on the situation. Exactly. So I'm telling so you I'll to ask. set your DVR. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking you to set your DVR. Yes. Because you are going to see, like, here's the one thing I'll say about this event. Uh, put a lot of work into it. A lot of the, the production company, Real Media, and everybody that, that helped with the event. Uh, every one of the PGA Junior League, um, they were so good 
uh, Corinne, everybody out there with the PGA. Awesome, awesome group of people. The work that was put into this was one amazing thing. The other was how damn good these kids are at golf. Watching some of the shots back again, I'm telling you, it's equal parts amazing and depressing with how good these kids are. I'm glad you put it that way because that's exactly how I felt. I'm telling you, bro, there was two 11-year-olds and three 12-year-olds who I honestly could say, honestly, as a guy who caddied on the PGA Tour and the web or the Corn Ferry Tour for 10 years, I saw five legit kids that if they just stick to what they're doing are going to be on the PGA Tour. No, there's no ifs, ands, but like just – and by the way, the oldest they could be is 13. So 13 and under. 14. Under, unless they, well, 14. There was a, because of the birthday thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. But the, the rules are 13 and under unless yes. you turn 14 on a date. But yeah, that, that right. was it. And this kid you're talking about wasn't one of the 14-year-olds. No, the one kid was the an 11-year-old, which means he was forced to play from the uptees, which he hated because it took driver out of his hands a couple of times. And I mean, two of these kids I watched – with my own eyes on the 17th hole, hit driver and carry it 305 at 11 years old onto a green. Like, and I'm talking about in pressure situations where their teammate had put them in the, in the doo-doo, right? So it was like the smart play here would just be hit a little five iron right down the middle of the fairway because it can't get you in trouble. And these kids was like... Give me the driver. You want me to send it? I'll send fear. it. Fear? What's fear? I don't know what that is. What? And it was perfect. I'm telling you. Perfect. We I couldn't be prouder of something that we've done here at ESPN just because it's our first year doing the broadcast. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be a fun watch. ESPN 2, 3 p.m. Eastern. You're going to see. I mean, I've seen the packages, some of the stuff that Michael did. Um. I had so much fun with, with your boy kids. Warren. Yeah. Um. Some of the How stuff. How about this? We can tell people you, so so everybody knows they have they have a team room and the team the rule at the team room with security guards why were the security guards there to keep the parents out it was a team room with no parents allowed at all parents had their own space where they could go and they were not allowed to just hang out with the kids and be like the helicopter bulldozer parents nah. my fa- that was my favorite part of the week is how much you and I were just poking at the parents <laughs> like no, sorry, leave. Yeah, you're not allowed here. No, sorry, sorry. You gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah. No, no, we we don't need your yeah we we don't need your on course commentating. No, even though we love good. the parents, we just didn't need that. Yeah. So it was crazy to see how much they were invested, and then the true emotion at the end from the team that won and the team that lost, like had me choked up because I kept thinking to myself, I I mean. And I'm glad it wasn't on camera because it didn't need to be. But one of the kids who I, you know, watched because of how good they were, and I and I and I liked how this kid played, um, was on the losing team and really was crying hard when they realized they were going to lose. And he came over and just hugged me, and I it took everything in me to not start crying for the kid. But the beauty of this event was. 30 minutes later, 
they was eating ice cream, hanging out, playing games like it, like nothing, like nothing. And I'm like, see, that's what sports is, right? This is what the beauty of what the PGA of America putting together is doing is, yeah, there's a winner and there's a loser. But you know what? At the end, we're all still friends. It's cool. We're, we're going to get them next year. That was right. Let's go. I'm like. That's the how 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 many kids are not getting that lesson in our world to in our society today? That was one of our uh, infamous arguments at the uh, at our infamous now nightcap. Was <laughs> I was saying that uh, I was like, you know what? These kids need a little more killer instinct. And we, See, <laughs> and, right, and we yeah. got and we got this argument about how no, what's wrong with the cheering each other? And I was like, no, I'm all good for it. Pre-match and then post-match. Yeah, you hate cheering on the course in match for your opponent. Correct. You know, you know, just or or encouraging them. And I, love yeah, your the opponent. Fact you shouldn't do that. That's why you got two. T- see, that's I'm why you got a opposite. teammate. Yeah, nah, nah. I'm gonna because everything you, you said. I want to help you do your best because I want to beat you at your best. Everything and, you said was 100 percent right. Like the 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 sportsmanship and yeah, and I, that that was all spot on. But for me, it's like, hey, high five your homie on the other team before the first tee shot and then do it at the end of the match. All right, Russell Westbrook. That's it. <laughs> Man, I don't need I be look, I agree with you and but here's the thing. I'm old school. So when I'm I'll be the first to admit as much as I love kids doing that, I loved Justin Rose cheering Sergio on like encouraging him coming at the Masters. I love all of that. I can't act that way. I don't know how to behave that way. Yeah, but you understand course, the but old I school. Teach my kids too. You not understand the old school approach is the way that I'm saying it. We don't. Yeah, talk. that's Russell Westbrook. I, I'm, and I don't have, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I don't think that in the long term overall scheme of things, it necessarily is helpful because what I do know is when you have that attitude and lose, it's harder. And takes a lot longer to let it go. It takes a, where if you're trying your best and you lose, but you're encouraging and you know, and the other kid who you're playing against is also encouraged. Like you're both trying to play your best, and you're both you know smacking each other on the shoulder. Come on, man, let's do this. When you lose at the end, you feel really bad, but it takes a lot less time to get over it. All right, let's break this down for a minute because I want to know exactly and what then we kind need of to talk about that nightcap thing of yours too. We ain't never doing that again. No, we your no, fault, we bro. we did recap this already. Remember because yeah. we went into a sponsorship for Blowfish. Yes, we don't need to bring it back up. No point. Is, <laughs> we just won't do it again. But we do need to talk about Matt Every and his twelve weeks away from the game. Yeah, but but what I what I do want to say is I want to clear this up with what exactly we're talking about for in round sports. Because when you got lucky and beat me out there, lucky. When you what? got lucky and beat me out there, when I was in control, um, well, no, no, you can have as much control as you want for fifteen holes. But but here's what, like because you know me, you know how how like when when we compete. But it is okay. Like if you did something, I, I would say, oh, great shot, a great putt. But that's it, right? That but to me, that's the extent of in competition. Being cordial, that's it for me. Like I, I will always recognize a good shot. But see, here's the problem, right? <laughs> and this is where I put this as a fault of my own. In the very first match that we played, when it was my beard against your soon-to-be-gone tattoo, I knew what was wrong with your swing 
on the second hole. And you know I knew what was wrong with your swing because I fixed it as soon as we were finished. Yeah, my shoulders were closed. Yeah, as soon as we were done, I changed your alignment by a fraction and pow, you were it was game on. Not a problem whatsoever. But I let you <laughs> I let you so see, you're, go to you're a, a very bad place. And I'm not proud of you're myself. A fraud. Like, you know I'm what? Gonna, yeah, so you're, no. You're I'm not a fraud, a fraud because I admit it. No, I admitted it. I admitted the fact, even before I'm saying this, I admitted the fact that I appreciate the way that these kids play, even though I know personally, because I'm old school in the time that I come from, that I don't have the ability to do that. So you're or the guy. You're the, I, I want to be that way, and there are plenty of times when I don't act that way, and I'm not proud of myself. So That's you're, not a fraud. That is self-realization and admitting who I am. Yeah, you're basically the golf version of the Southern person that says, bless your heart. <laughs> That's what you are. Because anybody oh, who knows anything, heart. bless your heart oh, means, oh, look at you, you dumb idiot. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Look at you. That's what you are. If you're a like, Southerner I'm gonna... ever says that to you, <laughs> They are basically that. That is like calling you a very inappropriate, un-PC name. Oh man, bless right? your heart! If, if yeah. you hear "bless your heart" oh, or "bless your heart," bless your and the way that it's said. Yes, it's said. The sweeter it oh, sounds, the more belligerent yeah. it means. Like it is that. Yeah. <laughs> what's worse? Yeah. What's worse? Bless your heart, or with all due respect. No, bless your heart. Bless your heart's awful. Yeah, because all due at least respect you know when too. you go, hey, with all due respect, at least when you hear that, you already know it's the common. next thing coming, <laughs> not respectful at all. Like, you're <laughs> with all due respect, the most you unrespectful, suck. right, the most unrespectful, hey, all due respect, <laughs> but you don't know. Like, Why are you hey, saying it like you're from New York? Hey, with all due respect, because that's where it comes from. No, Every time day, you hear that, when you, hey, <laughs> with all due respect, I gotta tell you, hey, over there. But they drop, sometimes the New Yorkers drop the all due and they're like, hey, hey, no, with all respect. respect. Hey, like, with all respect, but res- listen, respectfully, hey. you look like a clown. They always, well, they always say, hey, I respectfully disagree with what you're saying over there. But, but bless Two, your three heart. Things. Yeah. See, bless, and they won't even follow. That's the problem with bless your heart is they won't follow it up. So I caught one you the other night. You hit a horrible night. shot in golf and they'll be like, oh, bless your heart. I caught one the other night. I was at, uh, I was in New York finishing this, finishing the, the PGA project and I went out. I uh, was meeting our agent, agents at the stars, Jim Ornstein. I was going to meet yep. him for, meeting him for dinner. And so I had had a drink at the bar before meeting him, and these two southern women that was in the Flatiron District, uh, they come up to the bar, and they're they're trying to order this drink. Now, from someone who bartended and understands the the libation culture, I didn't understand what they were trying to order either. Right? Yeah. So I'm like listening to this order. I'm like, what in the hell are they trying to order? So the bartender is kind of this New York bartender. Were they like, trying to describe it? Yes. Oh. So and you then know that drink that has that the yes. pink stuff in it, and it's kind of fizzy, but not really fizzy. So the and bartender it's like sweet and tart. <laughs> and this is a New York bartender at a fairly well-known bar in New York City, and so he's kind of just sitting there like, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. And they, they kind of go back and forth about it, like, well, what about this? So finally, they just give up, and they're like, we'll just we'll just have this. And the guy's like, okay, great. So he turns to go get the drink, and she looks at her fan. She goes, bless his heart. <laughs> like, like basically what she said in three words is, that idiot didn't understand what drink we were trying to order. 
<laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. And smartly for him, he didn't turn back to them and go, no disrespect. <laughs> Respect, <laughs> ladies. My hey, bar. Order I'm something gonna, that's on the menu. I'm going to pour this drink for you, right? But no disrespect. <laughs> Look, I'll find, <laughs> I'll find the grenadine. This is lost the war. Hey, what? You're like, wait, what did he just say? What did the bartender just say to us? Oh, uh, man, if, if he'd have gone, if he'd have, if he'd have gone full New York on him, I That's may have choked saying. on my beer. Oh, my Because you could tell it was like, it was. He wanted to so bad, I'm sure. And they were trying so hard to explain, and then when he leaves, it was his fault. Oh, <laughs> right. bless oh, his bless heart. heart. That guy heart. had no idea how to make our drink, and he's probably how turning around. How about Matt Every? We can say that about him. Oh, bless his heart. Give me the Matt 12, Every story. 12 weeks suspended for marijuana abuse. Oh, bless his heart. Is that what it is? 12 weeks. Here's the stupid part, okay? Well, the marijuana part's the starter. Thank you. And, which I found out last night from a player in the know, his test came back at Memorial. They just suspended him last week. And he's delayed only missing, He's missing three events. Three. 12 weeks suspended. So it's retroactive? I, whatever. He has, he, he's been treated. Now, this is Matt Every's explanation. He's been being treated by the same doctor for 30 years. So he's had the same doctor since he was five years old. And that doctor prescribed him marijuana because he didn't qualify. I don't, I don't know that he didn't qualify. The way it, the way it sounded was he didn't qualify for other, types of anxiety medication. Sure. And this would have given him the best results. And also in Florida, marijuana, recreational, illegal. It has to be prescribed by a doctor. Medicinal purposes? Medicinal purposes. Now, don't forget, there's plenty of, <laughs> I'm doing air quotes, clinics where you can, you know what I mean? Sure. Oh, my, my neck hurts. Oh, here's some weed. It's like, here's your car. Yeah. Here's oh, I coughed today. Oh, right, I have but, some weed. According to Matt Every, he's been going to the same doctor for thirty years. So it's not he didn't go to a clinic. Now, he didn't he didn't have nothing to back that up. Like no one's spoken to his dude who he's been seeing for thirty years since he was five. No one's no one's seen anything from that guy. But this is what Matt says. And it like it wasn't really an apology. He just came out and said, Look, this is what I this is what I need to deal with my issues. Which is completely understandable. What I don't understand is if you're the PGA Tour, oh, and there's another update as well. If you're the PGA Tour, marijuana is legal in Canada, completely legal in Canada. How does it work for PGA Tour Canada? How does it work for that? Then you know at some point, at some point, you already know where the winning side is when it comes to marijuana. And for me personally and plenty of guys on the PGA Tour, They'll say the same thing. You smoke as much weed as you possibly can before you tee it up in the tournament, and I'll love to play you sober. Like, there is no benefit competitively for marijuana. None. None. There's just none there. So I don't understand why the tour can't be proactive instead of retroactive when it comes to this. And the other thing for the tour, our boy B.O. Kim, that three-year suspension yeah. was lowered, but to a year. 
One year for flipping the bird. One year. And the tour is upholding that one year. If I'm a PGA Tour event, I'm throwing so many sponsors' invitations to that dude to get that door open. Like, the tour has to allow him to play on a sponsor's invitation because that's the right thing to do because there was no repercussions for the guy who in Korea, you can't put the phone on silent when it comes to taking pictures, which I talked to Pat Perez about because they were just in Korea and he said there were phones going off like crazy. I'm like, how is that allowed? How do you allow a cell phone on a golf course if it makes noise? And now you're punishing the dude who reacted to you're punishing a guy for a reaction and not punishing the person who actually caused the reaction. Look, I agree. I think the smartest thing to do would be make us in charge of the rules committee and all this will get fixed. All right. So No, we can't do that. You know why? Why? Because you would not have a golf tournament from September 1st until January 1st. That's right, and the players would love me for it. No, they wouldn't. They you would hate bet? you. Hey, they could all go to games, tailgate, be fans, get the drunk. The only players put on that some, would love some you wing would be the guys in the top 50 in the world. That's, the, That's those, it. Those are the guys that make the tour go around. I'm good with that. You're a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I laugh it off. All right. You're horrible. I can't wait till now. I'm, I'm going to talk to some friends of mine on tour and go, hey, man, how about just the caddy come play with us? They Don't invite know I'm, the Maddie. Yeah, they know I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all jokes. All right. Again, set your DVR. Yes. Give us some feedback. No pod next week. Um, I'm going to be calling the – Ohio, Miami of Ohio game next week. Really? A little bit of Maxion, midweek Maxion. It is, by the way, the night that we are doing the game, November 6th, marks the 150th anniversary of the first ever college football game between Rutgers and Princeton. So it's our big CFB 150 game. We've got a bunch of stuff planned. Myself, Desmond Howard, and Holly Rowe on the call. So I'm looking forward to that. So, But nice. we will... We would love your feedback on the PGA Junior PGA, uh, PGA Junior League Championship Sunday, ESPN two, three p.m. Eastern. Caddy's got some great features in there. Andy Thanks, North, man. myself, Dottie Pepper. It's going to be a really, really good broadcast. And we're excited. It was so for much it. fun. Yeah, so, two hours from three to five p.m. Yeah. Eastern. So set the DVR. Give it a Find watch. It. Let Find us know what you think. Hit us up yeah. on social media at Maddie and Caddy, both Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, we'll touch base here in in about a week or so, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good stuff to recap and talk about. We'll we'll get to talk about the President's Cup picks. We'll be talking about, because I'm still trying to find out the Brooks Kepka situation. Yeah, we'll get that. Get a potential guest lined up. Got a couple things planned. So uh, looking forward to all of it for the caddy. Michael Collins. I oh, am wait, the Matt. Hold on. What do you wait, got? There's one thing. I got an 1115. So you got you to gotta go. Oh, okay. Go we ahead. Go. go ahead. So, uh, greatest weekend of my life. Uh, played Ray Allen's event Friday. Yep. Played uh, Jordan's course on Saturday and played Robert Gomez's event on Monday um, and did some great stuff for charity. That's was, awesome. It was bananas. I appreciate you representing us. It sounds like you had a good guest list lined up from those events. I appreciate your efforts there as well. Do shut up! Don't worry about it. Hey, we don't talk about Fight Club until it's time for Fight Club. So don't worry about it. I got you. Uh, I've I've heard. All right, (laughs) we'll talk to you guys next time on Maddie and Ken. 
for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.